Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Jana Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you here. We're going to be talking about communication today and really specifically how to share when you don't like something in the bedroom. And as the title says, saying no in bed isn't as simple as it sounds. So certainly I could give you some techniques and words to use and formulas to to try out, but Essentially, it really boils down to a principle that I'm going to be sharing today. So I have talked a lot about the importance of safety in the sexual experience and how that is directly related to feeling pleasure and, of course, looking forward to the sexual experience. And that's what we're all about here is wanting it more. It is sex, as we know. I just have to use the word it a lot because of censorship, if you're wondering. So safety is absolutely essential. When safety goes up, pleasure goes up. And when I say safety, a lot of people will think, well, I'm safe in my relationship. My husband isn't abusive. He loves me. I love him. We're doing really well. Sex is actually the only place that we disagree. I feel like I'm a team with him. Things feel good. This doesn't exactly... um, You know, feel like this is my relationship. So... Again, safety is a spectrum and you, what I have seen is that even in really wonderful, healthy, fantastic, loving relationships, women who are not wanting or enjoying sex very much often will be feeling unsafe. And it's really weird to call it that. So you may relate a little bit more to feeling a little bit annoyed or on edge or just like, oh, he he says things that don't fully feel great, but I guess we'll just keep on going with it because I should like that. And so I'm talking about looks, any comments or any touches that you aren't 100% enjoying. And in order to tell your husband that you don't like these things, the first thing is to identify what they are. And that can be, again, really difficult because you may feel like it's actually normal or you you may actually not know what it feels like to be 100% safe. That's what I find most women don't know what that actually feels like because they've equated feeling a little bit uncomfortable with the sexual experience. And because we pathologize our experience, we're taught to do that. There's something wrong with me, not the experience. Then it can be really hard to separate that out, if that makes sense. It's kind of like when I stopped eating sugar for a little period of time. And after a couple of weeks, I started to actually taste the flavors in the fruit and the natural sugars of the food I was eating came through. And it was like I was living in a different world. Uh, I was eating the same fruit. It just tasted really different because I never knew what it could actually taste like when it was being masked by artificial sweeteners. So it's really similar to this, where you may not know what the feeling of safety 
can be like until you experience it. So hopefully this gets you started on experiencing it if you haven't already. So identifying what you don't like, I mean, the first step is to recognize that there's nothing wrong with you, that it's actually an environmental thing that's happening. And let's just assume right now, just for a minute, we can go back to feeling like, you know, you're broken, but just right now, let's just assume that there is nothing wrong with you. So if something isn't fitting right, could it be possible that there is something else going on? Could it be that that comment or that look or that touch just isn't something that works for you in this moment because we change all the time, but just right now, who you are, the body you have, the experiences you have, the the nervous system that you have, what if it's just not something, what if it's something you just don't like? Could it be a neutral, boring fact? And I say that so simply, and I want to recognize that it's not simple because we are, it's so ingrained in us that we are the problem, that it's our bodies that aren't working properly, not that we just don't like the thing. So what if we aren't the problem? And I just want to pause here for a minute because I want to acknowledge that even just listening to a podcast episode about communicating your likes or dislikes or even figuring them out can bring up some fear and some anxiety. And so I just want to pause here and just say, you don't have to do anything different after you listen to this episode. You don't have to tell anybody about your preferences. You don't have to change anything in your relationship. You don't ever have to do anything. You, I won't energetically put any pressure on you right now. It doesn't mean that you're not an empowered woman or you're not a confident woman. If you choose to not communicate and to continue with the way things are, if you haven't been communicating, because this can feel really scary and, you know, it not only scary to communicate this, which may feel like a I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to put words out there to something you're feeling internal because it makes it real. And if we've got that cultural message that we're broken, it can just feel really difficult. And I want to acknowledge that. There's also a fear that can pop up if, what if I don't like anything? What if I don't like everything and nothing is going to work for me? And that's a really common and normal concern. I certainly had it when I was first starting to communicate that my truth to my husband. So right off the bat, how about I just give you permission to not like anything? It's okay. It's all right. You, you, you will, you will be whole and complete and beautiful and wonderful. If you don't like anything in the bedroom, it's okay. So just to make this human, you know, I have a human connection right now. I want to share a few things that I gave myself permission not to like, which were really difficult. So I gave myself permission not to like kissing on the mouth. I know that's so counterculture. That's so weird. That's so, no, we have to do that. That's your husband's right to have a a wife that will kiss him on the mouth. That's what you do when you come home and you kiss each other when you love each other. That's what you do. You make out. You put your hand on each other's necks and you open those mouths and you swirl your tongue around and that's passion and that's good. The thing is, I am shorter than my husband. 
So just logistics speaking, it's kind of, I feel like he towers over me and that feels unsafe. I love my husband. He's great. He's not a perpetrator. He hasn't done anything wrong, but I also feel unsafe. It's a fact. I also am very uh, highly sensitive. And so moisture and breath smells and random food pieces that are in the corner of the mouth, all those things really gross me out. And I just don't like it. I mean, I don't even have to justify it here. I just, that's the truth. The honest truth is that I don't like it. Does it mean that I never kiss my husband on the mouth? No, it doesn't. That's the beauty of this. When you give yourself permission to not like something and you go ahead and you communicate that to your partner, which I'll talk about in a second more, then it opens you up. It provides you freedom to explore what pleasure you could find with mouth-on-mouth experiences. Maybe it doesn't look like the traditional kissing. For example, sometimes when, I, when I'm really interested in it and it feels, I feel drawn to do it, I like to run my dry um, lips, no moisture, over my husband in the sexual experience. So when we're lying down, I like to, I find it very comforting, relaxing to just run my lips across my husband's lips. Assuming he's brushed his teeth, he's wiped his mouth, you know, there's a lot of cleanliness happening there, which again is another request that I need to make in order to enjoy that experience together. I would say it's so much more intentional. It's so much more erotic because I am feeling fully safe. There's no magic here. There's no, you know, fireworks that just come out of nowhere with the montage and the music and the romantic comedy, blah, blah, blah. It really boils down to that I'm feeling good in that moment. And isn't that my basic human right? Other things that I gave myself permission not to like and communicated about was oral sex. I don't like breezy stuff happening on my vulva. I don't like feeling cold. It's just uncomfortable. I don't like the sloppy sounds. I don't like a lot of wetness. I think we're seeing a theme here. And I didn't like all the pressure and expectation and stress around trying to orgasm through oral sex and getting him to read books and getting him to figure out how to use his tongue and does he suck or does he lick or just all of that stuff just wasn't working for me. It may super work for you. That's not the thing here. It's not about the action. It's about how I'm feeling. It didn't feel good. Didn't feel safe. I didn't like my legs wide open like that. Now, again, does that mean that I never have genital and his mouth contact? I do. I do have those experiences. I get to define them and I only do it when I'm 100% wanting it and looking forward to it. And I completely released myself from the pressure of having it end in orgasm. So, I mean, I could go on. I don't like my breasts being touched. Here's a good one. I don't like being called sexy or even beautiful. It took me a long time, actually, to just come to the realization that every time he said, oh, you're so sexy or hey, sexy thing or hey, sexy mama, I don't know, whatever he said. It's been so long. I can't remember what he Sexy mama? I don't know. Did he even say that? I'm not sure. But it, came, it took me a long time because aren't women supposed to like being called sexy? Isn't that a thing we do? Isn't that a great compliment? Isn't, 
shouldn't I love my husband appreciating my body, even though it's aging and gaining weight and we're getting wrinkles and all that fun stuff. So I denied myself the, the honest truth, telling the truth to myself and telling the truth to my husband because I had these cultural expectations. And also I was worried about his reaction. So I'll get to that in a second. But then I realized, and this has been recently within the last couple of years where I've realized I don't like being called beautiful either. I just don't like, I don't like any comments on my body. I don't like it. I don't want to hear about how my butt looks and my jeans. I don't want to hear about, um, even, even like how my hair, mm, no, he can say you have beautiful hair, beautiful. That, that feels a hundred percent. Yes to me. That feels good. But the body stuff, I mean, I don't really think hair is included there. Is it? I don't know. Let me know. I just don't like it. You know what I do like, though? I really like being told that he's proud of me, that he thinks I'm a good mom, that he accepts all of me. I mean, there's so many things that he could share that would just completely light me up and would be just such a nourishing, soothing, delightful experience in my body. And isn't that what we want? Isn't it? We want those experiences with each other, that genuine experience, not doing these things because we're taught we're supposed to, or that they mean something. So figuring out what you like or don't like, that is really a process of tuning into your body and noticing what feels restrictive and what makes your body sort of contract and move away and what has it feeling uh, like a like a magnet towards your partner what has it feeling open and free and curious and interesting and if you haven't I mean I've been on this journey for a really long time I mean basically our whole relationship which has been almost 22 years I have been working on my sex life in some iteration and this has been my life's work. But so if you're just in the beginning stages, you're not going to have as much conviction as I do, right? It's going to take time to discover this. And again, permission to just not do anything be like, Oh, this is interesting content, Jana. Thank you. (laughs) I'm just going to stay where it feels comfortable. And again, that's okay. So what we're up against, I've already covered that we're up against a lot of cultural messages of what is acceptable and not acceptable to like and not like. And also what we're up against is worrying about his reaction. Will his feelings be hurt if I tell him this, that I've, maybe I've been doing something that I haven't actually liked for a really long time? That can feel scary to tell the truth about. It takes a lot of courage. Will he feel rejected? Will he not feel important? Will he get angry? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of possible reactions and maybe you tried to express your truth in the past. Maybe you've had an experience of gaslighting where he has pathologized that. Well, that's weird. All women like this. There must be something wrong with you. I may not say it in such a clear way, but that's the feeling you get is, oh, well, maybe I am crazy. Maybe I should like this. Maybe I am broken. Just a pause here to remind you that you are not, you like what you don't like, and it's just a fact. You don't like what you don't like, and that is just a fact. You like what you like, and that's just a fact. And you have the absolute right to, to know that, to, to claim that, and to 
educate other people in your life about that. So these are real concerns about his reaction. And I've seen a lot of reactions from husbands, not only just mine, but other husbands as well. So it's a legitimate concern. So I want to pause here. If you feel like telling your partner something about your sex life, about your body, about what you don't like or do like, if you're concerned that it's going to cause you physical harm or real emotional damage, please seek the help of a therapist, a counselor, a coach, somebody who is trained, who can help you one-on-one navigate this. But please take steps towards it. The most important thing is that you are telling your truth, that you are explaining what your experience is to your partner. That is the most important thing. If you want to, of course, permission not to. So that is really my point of view, that telling your husband what you don't like is more important than potentially hurting his feelings. Because what I have seen, and in my, again, my own experience and hundreds of other women, if you don't share what's really going on for you, you are doing more damage in the long run. You're doing more damage to your relationship. You're doing more damage to you. And yes, you are doing more damage to him because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He doesn't know that what he's saying is causing you harm. It's really impacting you. And I don't ever want to downplay that. It is very harmful. If you, every time you come out of the shower, he's looking you up and down and you feel a little ick inside, that's harmful. If he's calling you like a word, like, I don't know, what would he call you? Hey, my little porn star. (laughs) I don't know. Do any husbands say that? I don't know. I don't know where that came from. And every time he says that, you just cringe inside and you just want to wrap yourself up in a snowsuit and run away. That's doing a lot of harm to your relationship. If when every time you sit down on the couch, he reaches between your legs and holds your inner thigh and you hate it, but you are frozen in fear of saying something and potentially hurting his feelings or getting some reaction from him, that is doing way more harm because it's long-term, it's trauma, it's, yeah, it's just so... um, Oh, just like an infection, you know, that's festering under the skin. And so, yeah, you can have a facade of everything's good, but is it really? Is it really? A word about his feelings. He may have some feelings. I probably will guarantee he will have some feelings and they may be great feelings. He may say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing that with me. I really want you to feel safe and comfortable all the time. It is your right. And if he does that, can you please send me an email? Because I want to give him a freaking high five for that virtual high five. That's incredible. And it's sad that I, that's actually the anomaly. That's actually not typically what we hear. And it's not because all these husbands are bad people. No, it's because culture teaches them some things about sex and about sexual acts and about their wives and about attraction and blah, 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 that has them have these reactions. So he may have some feelings. Um, He may interpret this or whatever you're communicating to him to mean that you don't find him attractive or that he's not good enough or that you are in love with him or that you don't care about his needs or that you're restricting his sexual expression somehow. 
right? He, he may have lots of feelings. He may cry, get angry, be sad. He may walk away. He may emotionally shut down. Again, if you're concerned, he will be abusive emotionally or physically. Please get some one-on-one attention about this. Um, this is a courageous step. It's, it's not simple to communicate your needs in the bedroom. And it's so important. And, you know, this can feel confusing because I want to just address that weirdness of not feeling safe with somebody, not feeling comfortable with somebody that you really love and trust and that you've chosen to spend your life with and that you have wonderful experiences in other situations, uh, that you feel safe with him in other ways. Maybe you're a great parenting team. Maybe you're fantastic with finances together. Maybe you share a lot of common beliefs and and morals. And, you know, it's really good. And you're feeling unsafe. And I think that can have a lot of women talk themselves out of this to, I don't know, create a lot of um, stories around that feeling. And the biggest one is there's something wrong with me. I, that, that's certainly where I went, and I see a lot of women go there too. It's just too hard to hold those two things uh, in one. So I just want to normalize that this is a really common experience, and yes, you are feeling unsafe. It's not because he's a terrible guy. It's because you've been taught to stay quiet, not rock the boat, be you know selfless, be kind and caring and sweet and quiet and all those things. And he doesn't know your experience. He's a man and he's living in a patriarchal world that does uh, encourage him to speak his needs. It does give him a lot of privilege in that department. So all of these messy, complicated things can exist at once. So I just want to really end here that just to observe how your body responds moving forward. Just observe. You don't have to do any big, scary, courageous steps or you don't have to do anything at all. This is a really great way to start. Is it? Does it feel 100% yes for you? Does it feel warm and pleasurable and good? If you could think of a touch, for example, or a comment or a look that does feel warm and good and wonderful. If my husband looks me in the eyes and says, hey, Jana. I love it when he says my name. Hey, Jana. Or hi, sweetheart. Or... I really love being married to you. It's looking me right in the eyes and he's saying that I feel great. I feel warm and cozy and I, I feel attracted to him. He, it's like a magnet. If he were to scan my body up and down or slap me on the butt or that would not be the same. I would feel uncomfortable and icky and gross and want to run away from him. And that's not what they want. They want us to go to come closer, right? And so let's do it in an actual authentic way. So to wrap this up, uh, you aren't alone in this messy, complicated process of having a better sex life that you look forward to. Communication is one of the biggest requests I get for sharing my knowledge. And, you know, I could give you some, you know, sentences to use or some tips or, you know, basic communication formulas but I want to leave you with this instead. And I really believe that this is at the root of good communication. And 
you are probably going to not say it the best way. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. You may be a little too mean. You may be a little too passive. You may, but I believe that telling your truth is more important than those things when it comes to experiences in the bedroom, when it comes to your safety and comfort, especially when I know he probably wants to have more sex too. And that is, this is leading there. It may not look like that for him in the short term, but this is leading you there. I want to leave you with a story. Actually, I wasn't going to tell this story. This is going a little bit long, this podcast, but this story was really pivotal for me in my sex journey. And as some of you know, I had been working a really long time, probably about, yeah, 10 years at this point to figure out what the heck was wrong with me to fix myself, counselors, workshops, books, uh, doctors, what was going on that I didn't want sex. I took a while to get orgasmic. I had an orgasm within the first year of our relationship, but even though I was orgasmic, I still wasn't really into it. So I could figure out how to vibrate my way to an orgasm, but it just wasn't satisfying. I mean, I think about the sex I have now and sex I had then. It's like, oh my gosh, just night and day, night and day. So I had tried, tried, tried everything. And, you know, I just got to a point where I didn't have any solutions. Uh, That big magical cure that I'd been searching for for years didn't happen. Certainly, I had tried a few things. A few things had worked in the short term, a few suggestions, but I just had it. I mean, that, that's the impetus for me to do what I do now. It's because when I looked for help, it wasn't there. And I didn't have people saying what they needed to say to me. They weren't giving me the permission I needed. But I was at an interesting crossroads because I was actually starting to realize that harm that I spoke about earlier and how it was impacting our marriage and impacting me. I just couldn't unsee it. And I read a book called Scream Free Marriage by Hal Runkel. And it's been a while since I read that book, so I don't know if I can actually recommend it anymore. Um, But at that time, it was pivotal for me. And he really showed me that I could have needs and that those needs I was responsible to communicate. Um, And I knew that I could just never have sex again unless I wanted to. I was waking up to the fact that those experiences were non-consensual. Not that I had the language then at the time, but it was just the early, early beginnings of this for me. And I sat on the bed with him and I had written out a script and I was going to tell him this and I was very concerned about his reaction. At that time in our relationship, he really equated sex with love and there was a lot of attachment issues going on in our relationship. Maybe I'll talk about attachment moving forward. I'll do another episode about that. So I sat next to him. I was so scared. Like I said, I wrote out a script and he was looking at me like a deer in the headlights. You know, when someone says, I've got something serious to talk to you about and it's really scary. Well, that's what he looked like. And I proceeded to just tell him, I just, I can't. I love you so much and I choose this relationship and I choose you and I want this. I can't have sex anymore unless I want to. And now looking back, John will say, I can't believe I had a hard time with that. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's 
so basic, you know, that's everyone's right. It's everybody's right to not have sex when you don't want to. But in that moment, it was for him, what he was hearing is we may never have sex again. And I'm going to take away the one thing that makes you feel like a man that relieves your stress that makes you feel important in our relationship that makes you feel like a priority to me. I was taking that away from him. And he cried, he raged, um, he, he tried to, you know, calm down and resonate with me. And ultimately, he brought up divorce for the first time in our relationship. It had never come up before. I ended up sleeping on a friend's couch that day. And now, looking back, that was the best thing that I have one of the best. There are some things I've done in my marriage, but this is one of the best things that I did in that moment. I didn't know what the future held. I didn't know if we'd ever have a sex life that worked for me, but I knew that I, I needed to stop the harm that was happening. And I knew I was holding on to the fact that I deep down recognized that this was for the long-term health of our marriage, which included him. I want to leave you with that today to, to show you that, you know, I understand it's difficult. It took me a very long time to communicate that and, and it may not happen overnight and it takes a lot of courage and you aren't alone. <sighs> that felt good to share that story. Every time I share it, I just feel so much gratitude for Jana 12 years ago. The 27-year-old Jana, which, who had just a, basically a newborn and a 15-month-old child at home who was just so overwhelmed with life. But I, I gave myself that gift then. And I invite you, if it feels okay, to give yourself that gift as well. If you've enjoyed this podcast, which I, I know a lot, I've been hearing from a lot of you that it is good and Thank you so much for sharing your feedback with me because we're just in the beginning stages of this podcast. If you would like to help reach, you know, help us really reach more women who need these messages, I want to share with you the best way to do that. And that is to leave a rating and review on the Apple podcast app. So it does mean that you need to have an iPhone and you can go to the purple icon. Maybe that's where you're listening to this right now. You find my uh, podcast, and then you scroll down the episodes, and right at the bottom, there's a place to either leave a rating out of like five stars would be great. I think we already have 14 ratings, five star ratings, which thank you so much if you've done that. It really helps us grow a lot. And we have three reviews already. And so if you would love to leave a review, that would again just absolutely help us grow and reach more women. And, you know, that's that can be difficult to do, especially with censorship on social media and all of that. So that would really, really uh, help us do that. So I wanted to read one of these reviews. It was really sweet. Um, I'll read the first one here. From personal experience of taking the Wanting It More program, Jenna is so inspirational and insightful. I know that the majority of women find sex hard for numerous and different reasons. Jana walks with you in discovering just why you are thinking the things you think. We've all been taught different stories as to what marriage and sex should look like. 
it's time to write your own narrative. Ah, so good. I would love to be able to read your review as well on the podcast. So until next time, have a, just have a week. Doesn't have to be great. Doesn't have to be amazing and courageous. You can just have a normal, normal week. Okay. Talk to you soon.